not the main meal, but a little top up for those in-between times, you are listening to the Nurtured Village podcast, The Snack. Best listen to while you're preparing snacks, cleaning up after snacks, or simply just being a snack bitch. Hello and welcome back for another snack. I'm Caitlin in Gamilaroi country and with me is the true host, our holy leader, <laughs> the one and only... <laughs> Emma Gray. (laughs) Praise our Lord, Emma Gray. Uh, This week, boy, have I got a treat for you, Emma, and I think this is something you will genuinely appreciate because you give me the vibe that this is your kind of deal. Uh, It's night (laughs) time. Kids are in bed. It's quiet. You're in your comfiest loungewear, which I kind of reckon would be linen for you anyway. Um, and I'm going to pour you a big old glass of red wine. My snack of choice. Because the saying goes, a fine wine gets better with time. It shifts. It gets deeper and more complex. And that, my friend, is the same as our topic for today, matrescence. Oh, I like Isn't it beautiful? I still hate red wine. But, hey, I would <laughs> knock one back for the purpose of matrescence. But, Emma... What is matrescence? So I actually listened to Alexandra Sachs' TED Talk this morning on this. So I'm like Googling TED and I was like typed in postpartum and there was nothing. And then I typed in, maybe I did, I typed in matrescence and nothing came up. And then I typed in motherhood and Alexandra Sachs came up on matrescence. In 1973, Dana Raphael coined the term matrescence. And Alexandra Sachs is, in this current day and age, paving the way for psychology and motherhood and has found this term matrescence and is bringing it right back. And Dana Raphael talks about matrescence being the physical, emotional, hormonal and social transition to becoming a mother. And in our little realm of motherhood that we've got going on um, on social media, It seems to be the word on everyone's tongue at the moment. And I wonder if it is for mothers who aren't deep in the depths of motherhood and in our space. Dana Raphael talks about that in some cultures they describe birth as a woman has given birth, but noted that here in Western society, we tend to say a child has been born and we systemically shift the focus from mother to child. Crazy. Great. Of course. Of course, something for women was first created in the 70s 50 years ago and only comes to light now yeah (laughs) but Dana had acknowledged that it wasn't a world for women scientists back then and obviously funding and research wasn't going to go into motherhood and so she knew that a few generations had to pass so that women could experience motherhood and women that we would have more female scientists and we would have more scientists as mums and that this would all sort of come to light with the revival. And you you do see it now because we've got our favourite Sophie Brock who studies mm-hmm. and has she has her background is in sociology but has piles of research on motherhood. There are like postpartum OTs, psychologists. Wow. Yeah, it's a whole thing now and which is good because I mean you look at anyone shifting from like post-injury to life after or mm-hmm. like you know you have someone holding your hand from childhood into teenagehood into why shouldn't we have help and guidelines and evidence and funding and yeah. support and access yeah essentially matrescence is the term 
for an experience and it's that's the journey that brings you from womanhood through to motherhood and it's very much in our worlds now Emma but I remember not I didn't know anything about it until you had mentioned it back in like 2018 I think when you first when I first Mm -hmm. um wrote a blog for you when you had first Mm -hmm. started all this sort of thing and I was like what's that and I'd had two kids by then and still didn't know about yeah. it. So, but now we're both pretty obsessed with it. And I think it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think there's so much that we can gain from understanding matrescence and the shared experience and looking deeper. I found like looking deeper, how um, looking deeper at my internal shifts and how that plays out in my mothering and my presence in the world. There's just so much. You really introduced me to it. Had you come about it while you were in that that phase after having Mabel were you like in the thick of it when you learnt about it yeah yep so it kind of coincided with obviously just like looking into motherhood and what everybody's experience was and looking at people on like a social media space and what everyone was talking about and kind of come across matrescence it wasn't something that I had like an immediate oh my gosh like this is a term that I need to be exploring I think it was just something that like I shared every now and then and was like you know have you heard about this transition but I think that if we were to really talk about it and create awareness for it for women before they even had a baby, how amazing would that make their transition into motherhood and how transformational is that information to know that it's literally just not you go and you have a baby and you walk out of hospital and, person. you know, you're the same person. Uh, I don't. I think everybody tries to prepare you for motherhood, but they can't really prepare you for motherhood. But I feel like we need to be doing so much more than just saying to women, it's really hard. Yeah. Find me a woman that walked into her first pregnancy or her first becoming a mum through surrogacy, adoption, fostering, whatever. Show me a woman that didn't genuinely believe she would be the same person after and I would genuinely question whether she's being honest because we do. We all think I'm going to be the same me. This baby's going to work around me. You know, I'm going to give everything to it for a little while, but I'm still going to be the fun person I was. I'm still going to love the things I did. I'm still going to have the career dreams that I want. It just, and some people might keep a lot of that, but there's still a huge shift that happens. It's kind of, it's hard to grasp and it's hard to really fathom what having a baby and how a baby is going to change all of that. Because like, why would a baby change your relationship with one of your girlfriends? Like, that's just really hard yeah. to kind of fathom. Be- becoming a mother for me has changed every single facet of my life. I'm like, share the spectrum of it. Share the good bits and share the shitty bits and share like what's been really beautiful for you. And that's what Alexandra Sachs was speaking about on her TED Talk. She's like, the only way that we can really know and understand matrescence and the transition to motherhood and how it's going to impact us is by women talking to each other. And she's like, mothers, talk about your matrescence to other women. Talk about it to your support and your community and talk about it to your partner if you have one and share your experience so that you can understand your own transition and they can understand yours and you can better support each other. There's nothing I love more than like turning up to a group of people and being like, this is really, really shit. And they're like, oh my God, I thought I was the only person. And I'm like, women have been birthing and and having becoming mothers and becoming parents 
since the beginning of time. There's not one thing that you go through that mm. you're the only person who's ever gone Absolutely. through. Absolutely. I'm lucky that I've never felt this, but the whole social media and keeping up appearances and being the perfect mum on Instagram and I'm sure people might look at my stuff sometimes and think, oh, yeah, that looks pretty perfect, but what really happened? So I think that really is hard and kind of creates a barrier for people to genuinely share because what they see is so picture perfect and they're like, am I safe to say that here? And so I think the more people that do share the shit bits and do share the and it, it might not be shit. It might just be like conflicting values and conflicting beliefs and yeah. conflict within relationships, but also like contrast and change. And it doesn't just have to be like, this is shit. My life is shit. It can be like, this part's really difficult or this part's really ugly because everyone's yeah. had it to some extent. But I also think it's like motherhood. I find it's this really like exclusive club and like you're not a mum, you can't understand. And I think we really need to break that shit down too because how are we ever going to prepare women to become mothers if we're not having these conversations? You can't like my single girlfriend messages me and she's like, oh, I'm so tired. And I'm like, (laughs) you think you're tired? But, yeah, she mm-hmm. is. And, like, I don't get to be more tired just because I'm a mum. Like, yes, it's hard. But me dismissing yeah. that and breaking that barrier or, like, not affording her the chance to see what it's like for me, we're just doing them a disservice. Like, wouldn't you want future Emma or to come back to past Emma and go, this is going to happen and this is going to happen and it might sound really scary and shitty now, but there's people that will help you with it and there's other women that are doing it. Yeah. So, like, we need to kind of cut that divide between, like, mum and non-mum because I mean we're all still Mm -hmm. women and there's every chance that they'll be mums one day and aren't they going to feel so much better supported and so much more loved if they know that we're safe to have those conversations and they're not stepping into the unknown. I think we talk so much about maternal mental health and I feel like matrescence has a really big role in this season, we have an episode coming up on postnatal depletion and I feel like the more that I talk about and learn about the transition to motherhood and about hormones and how our body before, during and after childbirth and Western culture and all about the fourth trimester, I think nobody wonder women are left in their homes wondering why they feel so unsupported and so tired and so depleted and thinking that they aren't cut out to be a mother or that they're not a good mother. And like motherhood for me doesn't feel anything like the highlight reel on Instagram like trust me I've tried it I've tried to be that mother I would have this epic day of like busy trying to get babies to sleep trying to get ourselves showered and fed and learn how to breastfeed and everything that comes with just like the fourth trimester and then I would set my newborn up on some neutral palette background and try to take Instagram worthy photos and my baby wasn't having a bar of it and I would beat myself up that other women could pretend like it was beautiful and they'd share these images and even even if it was for a moment of their day that was absolutely stunning I couldn't even do that like I couldn't even produce one photograph that was going to look beautiful on Instagram and they would be like I'm a failure I can't even pretend for a minute that my life is yeah. perfect. And I think that's what matrescence is. It's it's relationships. It's it's that constant pull and push between who are you now? What what is my identity? What are my values? Where does work have a place in this? And what are my hobbies now? And I have all these physical needs and my physical needs can't be met anymore. Like I can't even do basic human self-care. I can't even go to the toilet on my own. I remember like going and doing a poo with a baby in a carrier, trying to keep the baby asleep and then trying to work out how you're going to wipe your own bum. Like 
you can't even have sex. You know, you don't have this intellectual life like you did anymore. And it's, it's that constant push and pull of like, who am I now? And what is this transition? And what does this all mean for me? You are literally reborn. The day that child is put in your arms, no matter what age they are, no matter how they make it to your arms, you are different. And I, f- I think this still happens with subsequent kids. You know, mm-hmm. your, your, before you have any kids, your sole love of your life is your partner. They're not anymore. Yeah. They're, they're suddenly like, I was the light of your life and now where am I? And you're like, you don't, you don't matter. Like, I love you, but yeah. you're way back here. Your brain is wired to keep yeah. this human alive. But I think yeah. we get to the point too, like I feel like I've gone through matrescence again each time I've had a child. So like the me yeah, after one child, I still was quite like independent and career driven, but the me now after three children is so far down the line from that one after one kid. Yeah. My values have changed again and I feel like they're constantly changing depending on like what age the kids are and what our family life is like and my social ties change depending on the kids and where they're at. Yeah. I wonder if it gets to a point where it ends, like does it just yeah. continually happen and shift and evolve? And it seems to be like there's no like, bam, matrescence is done. You're a mum. <laughs> this is how you'll be for the rest of your life now. Yeah, I feel like it's that ebbing yeah. and flowing of what does this stage of motherhood look like and what are my values here and what do I have space for now and what, is really important to me now. And I think the biggest thing for me is like, I don't have the time for anything else. So what comes into my life is really super important to me and everything else. I literally just don't have time for it. Yeah. And I think that's something that some people could take negatively and be like, I don't have the energy for that. But I think it's also a really beautiful thing that you're so conscious now of where your energy is and where it's spent. And some people might look at that as like shutting friends down and I've lost friends. You've just grown apart from them and putting energy into them didn't serve your current purpose. So it's not that you've lost them. You've just kind of shifted the dynamic. What's been, do you think that's been your biggest personal shift that being conscious of where your energy is and what you can and can't take on? I became a mother and I was all in. It was like every single minute of every day was around that baby. And it took me to get to breaking points so many times where I was like, I haven't been on my own for like six months. Like I haven't been able to step away from motherhood for this long and I'm losing myself. Like I have no idea who I am anymore. What do I want? What do I even need? I don't even know because I have been investing every single minute of every day into keeping this baby alive. And I am somebody who wasn't really taught or didn't really learn anything about boundaries. Like I had to be like, I need to identify boundaries here and I need to put them in place because I'm not going to be okay. Like I'm drowning in motherhood and in responsibility and in keeping this baby alive. And what does that mean for me now? And like, so I've had to like actually change who I am and who my values are to be like, I need to do this for my family because I can't be this person and be happy and make my family happy. Like I just, I cannot pour from an empty cup. Like this is where I'm at. And it takes a lot to get to that point. I definitely found the identity loss was the hardest part. I can deal with that. You know, sometimes I get really down that my body is double what it used to be and I'm never going to wear certain clothes again and I'll probably never love how I look on the beach and I I can deal with that. It was who the fuck am I? Mm -hmm. I'm not 
nothing about me is the same. Like my whole identity was in like I had was in the gym every day for 10 years. Mm-hmm. I lifted heavy shit. Everyone knew me as the person that lifted and my knowledge, like my work was, I'm a physio, my work was in the body and movement. And once I didn't have that and I wasn't, you know, smart and sassy and spontaneous, fuck, what am I now? And I think yeah. it's only just now that I'm coming to terms with who I am and the values that I bring and the qualities that I have. Well, that's been six years. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've just been in this, like like someone's thrown me in the dryer and I've just been tumbling around and around just waiting mm-hmm. for someone to open the door and go, this is who you are now. And that's been the hardest yeah. part. Like I feel like I've been able to deal with the social isolation and the hormone changes and all those other factors, the body changes, but it's been that sense of identity that's really, that's, rammed me up against the wall that's been the hardest thing big time yeah yeah it's massive yeah huge and again like you don't you no one suggests prior that you will be a totally different person alexandra Sachs is a direct quote from her i love it she said if women understood the natural progression of matrescence if they knew that most people found it hard to live inside this push-pull if they knew that under these circumstances ambivalence was normal and nothing to be ashamed of, they would feel less alone, they would feel less stigmatised, and I think they would even reduce the rates of postpartum depression. Massively. Because imagine if we knew about matrescence, we knew about what happens hormonally when we deliver the placenta and in those first couple of days and weeks of the fourth trimester and how to support ourselves through that fourth trimester and and support our hormones and we knew how to advocate for ourselves in the fourth trimester and what a massive transition it was going to be it would absolutely reduce the rates of postpartum depression massively so much of the the discussion that i'm seeing at the moment is you know we have these birth classes and we attend these birth classes and we have all this stuff and it's all about the birth there is not Mm. one single ounce of preparation for beyond the birth besides having a pretty nursery and if you want a pretty nursery, great, go for it. You're probably not going to use it for the first six months. Yeah. Um, but if that's what fulfills you, great. But where is our preparation for after delivery? There is none. Every yeah. single bit of information, every single thing we eat, everything is meticulously planned and like written in the books up to birth. Then yeah. there's none. Yeah. I gave birth to my son not even two years ago and I stopped my prenatal vitamin from the day that I gave birth yeah. to him. It's like off into the either, it's the unknown. Even if it's not your first time giving birth, it's still like everything is up until the child is born and then, yes, they're a child, they need to be cared for. But the whole emphasis of everyone is shifted to the child. How many people's mm-hmm. six-week check was for them? How many mm-hmm. was checking the baby's hips? Mm-hmm. I didn't have anything done at my six-week check. It was the baby. Mm-hmm. Here's some needles. Let's check his hips. Let's check his weight. Let's check his testicles let's check his head here's a script for the pill yeah that was it not are you okay are you coping how did you get here because technically you shouldn't be driving (laughs) nothing so when i don't know i would love to see a shift in our pregnancy in the lead up is that there's this whole focus on postpartum and i know people are sick of me banging on about it and my childless friends are like would you shut up but it's so important and if I bang on about it enough that some of my childless friends are like, oh, yeah, I remember my friend saying that. It's not Mm going to hit them like a ton of bricks when they have it. They'll be like, oh, this car's hitting me, but I remember it nudging me a couple of years back. It's not smacking them out of nowhere. Also, if I thought that you and I were sitting here sharing this experience and no one else felt it, 
I wouldn't be so passionate about it. But when I talk to women every single minute of every day and every single person I talk to has struggled through matrescence, something has to change. Oh, absolutely. Does it break your heart? Because I find the same thing and this is why I tried to make a community where everyone could speak together because I'm like, if you only knew. Yeah. Seven other mums have messaged me from that same one little story saying this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I just I just want to put you all together and be like, you, we're all in this. We are all trudging in this shitty mud together. Like it's not, yeah, it's wild. It's wild that it's still something that's kept held so so close to people and I just wish that if people want to keep it to themselves, that's fine. Not everyone wants to bear all. Like yeah. we're happy to, yeah. But I just wish they felt safe enough to be able to do that because I think yeah. that's the first step. If they felt safe enough to do it, then there would be more conversations happen. But at the moment, I think people have been dismissed and made their feelings to have had their feelings invalidated and their experiences invalidated enough, yeah. That the default is to just keep it within and not deal with it and repress it. You can not like the roles and the responsibilities of parenting and you can love your children Yeah, just because you don't like the time of life that you're in in your motherhood journey right now does not mean that your children are absolutely the biggest loves of your lives and that dialogue needs to change because women aren't coming out and saying this is actually really hard at risk of somebody going you should be grateful yeah Oh, that's what happens. I did that. You'll yeah. miss this when they're older. Yeah. My dad says to me every single time, I did it. You oh. did that. You did that the same. Okay. My thanks, Dad. That helped me the way that you wanted thanks. to be helped when it happened to you. <laughs> Birth trauma doesn't tend to pop up until nine to 11 months after someone's had a baby. So how long have they been dealing with that? You pulled a, a statistic on maternal mental health that that doesn't tend to present until like that one to four years after. So like how long are women struggling through this matrescence with these issues before they're finally going, I cannot do this anymore, I need help. There's a statistic that's come out and said that 75% of women who are struggling don't come out and seek help, like 75%. I'm just not going to sit back and obviously I'm not. I'm just not going to sit back and be like, oh, this is just the way it is and it's really hard that's and my me. daughter's going to do the same thing. You know, like yeah. I'm just not going to sit back and let that happen anymore. And, I mean, it might seem like such a small thing, but even just the power of storytelling and the power Mm -hmm. of sharing your experience and one person might listen to this and go, oh, I remember I hated that part too and I thought it was just me and someone told me I was a bad mum. seems like such a simple act, but in us sharing our stories and our experiences, opening up the chance for one other mum to have her feelings validated and her experience validated it has that flow on effect so obviously we're not, we're not going to have that statistic with, with a podcast yeah but we can start the little trickles that would lead to change and people will start to look at it differently and we really I have another friend Anna she's a doula and she's really passionate about how much we need to include childless friends in mm-hmm. this village because they need to and I genuinely believe that if we're preparing people who aren't parents yet for what it's like as a parent without being like, oh, well, you're never going to sleep again, it will have a genuine direct impact on their experience and their mental health. Quite often the first time we hold a baby or change a baby is our own baby. Mm-hmm. But that's not how it should be. No wonder we struggle through matrescence when yeah. it's, we've never we've never held a baby until it's our own. You're like, whoa, this is a lot of responsibility. I can't hand this one back. 
If you are listening to this podcast and there's something that is present for you, an experience that's present for you that you would love to hear other stories about, like I can't express enough that there's such, like there's so many parenting podcasts now. There's so many blogs. Like you can find your experience in somebody else's words or a similar experience. Go into your podcast app and type it in, whatever it may be, because there's someone out there talking about it in some way. And we hope that we cover a lot of things, but there's also lots of things that we, you know, don't even touch the sides of in parenthood. But there is so many parenting podcasts out there. You just need to pop it into the search bar and have a bit of a search and try and find something because yeah, the power of somebody else's experience in your own is so strong. We'd love for you guys to continue the conversation over on our socials. Let us know what you loved, what made you think, what you want to hear more of. You're always welcome in our DMs and be sure to check out our local Nurtured Village Hamper communities to connect with like-minded mums who are spreading kindness like wildfire. That is all for now. Snack you later. Got some more lollies? Get out of here. We have one. Oh, God. We have one going on.